Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan. This is All That Matters. And uh, welcome, welcome to anyone who's new listening this week. This is our weekly positivity podcast. And we are on our 80th episode. Can you believe it? Every single week for the last 80 weeks. And it has been an incredible journey. Uh, fostering dialogue and laughter and tears and reframing the way we look at the world. And only doing so can we extract both the meaning and the good stuff that sometimes can emerge even in bad times. Let me ask you a question. What would you do if someone of some authority appeared before you you were in a public setting, and they stepped before you and bowed their head. What would you say to them? What would they be asking for? I'm sure it would depend on the circumstance, wouldn't it? Well, it happened to me. Some years ago, I took a group of school children from a Jewish school to a visit to the cathedral of the City of Angels, the brand new cathedral, downtown Los Angeles. And as it would happen, there was a wonderful young priest, Latino, and full of enthusiasm. And here I was, a Jew, both of us Americans, both of us leaders of a group, and I had long wanted to foster an exchange. Uh, I just, I grew up learning about the history of the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church, synagogues, Islam. Hinduism, Buddhism. It was a very um, ecumenical home I come from, a very, um, very remarkably open people that I was allowed to learn from, interact with. As a teenager, I attended um, a summer camp program um, in which kids from different backgrounds would come together for a week to really open dialogue between us, Catholic and Jew and Protestant, primarily those three groups. Um, if that were happen, that were to happen now, I'd we'd certainly want to include so many others in that circle. But it started there, and it was years ago when I was a teenager. And that was something that some leaders uh, put together. And we had very open dialogue. And I think what came out of it was understanding that we shared more in common in many ways. And that where we were different, we could respect those differences because we understood them or because we had been exposed to them, because we knew them, because we had come into dialogue with another as opposed to watching from afar, not knowing anything, and then out of ignorance often comes fear. We fear what we don't know. 
Have you found that? So over the years when I was teaching, I very much wanted to bring kids who may have come from a Jewish background into the church. Well, you can imagine that freaked out some of their parents. They said, hey, why doesn't the church come to the synagogue? Well, it didn't happen in those days. I can tell you it because I lived through it. It was not happening. But I said, you know what? This small group is, is a minority in America and that there is a huge amount of Protestants and Catholics dominating the populations in the towns and cities in which they live. Wouldn't it be a good thing to understand them more? Now, I was fortunate to have grown up, as some of you know, having listened to this podcast, um, with a cousin on my mother's side who was bishop, Episcopalian bishop, because my mother had chosen at a very young age to become Jewish. But there were relatives who were very involved in the church, and we had a cousin who went on to become the bishop. We were very close to the uh, Catholic bishop as well, and um, and my father used to go up and act and put on shows um, uh, at uh, the convent, uh, local convent, uh, to a group of nuns. And you may have remembered a podcast I did about my father's um, death when I was sitting by his body, as you do in Judaism, to uh, to uh, oversee it, to accompany it until it's time for burial, and that he was uh, uh, in his coffin, and in Judaism, it's that's usually a closed coffin. But up come a couple nuns saying, is that Frank Goldstein laying there? And they told me, he, he, he taught me what it was to be a Jew. Now, these are two nuns. So I've already talked about this in a prior, prior podcast. So if you haven't listened to that one, I hope you'll find it. I'll have to remind myself the name of that particular podcast. It was early on. But it was a remarkable moment. Well, my dad and my mom raised me in a way that I was encouraged to go and ask questions and have an interchange. And um, and so I got the chance to grow up with that background and so that when I was in a position of authority where I could teach, I wanted to bring these kids. I wanted them to go to a Catholic church and to a Protestant church. I wanted them to understand both the, the similarities and the differences because where there were differences, you could learn to respect that and they could learn to respect that in you. After years of going to a Catholic church in Los Angeles, bringing a group of kids, I actually had the priest who I had grown rather close to turn to me. I had never said this to him. You know, I brought the kids there every year to do an interchange for them to better understand the Catholic church, both its architecture, its philosophy, what its teachings were, and why, you know, why not hear it from the priest and the teachers and the students there. And I think that's true of anything in life. You want to understand something better, you go ask people about it. You have a dialogue, and you might find um, your life enhanced by that dialogue. There was a, a an interesting sidelight to all this, by the way. To the Jewish kids, their Judaism became even clearer to them 
In other words, their own belief system and their own practices and their own rituals and traditions became clear and all the more precious from having come to understand others' practices and traditions and rituals. It's a fascinating thing. You begin to appreciate certain things about your culture, your traditions, particularly because you see yourself also in the mosaic of humanity. At any rate, he turned to me after I don't know how many times we'd visited him and said, you know what, Chan? Um, Maybe we should come to you sometime. And I just looked at him. And I was in awe. It was not like, uh, yeah. It was more like, you are most welcome anytime. It was sometimes, I think, in the majority culture, in this case, um, Christianity, when it came to Judaism, um, the majority culture may not be as aware. And I think you can apply that to a lot of different things between races and genders and cultures where a majority culture doesn't necessarily see the need for interaction or see the need to learn more, understand more. You would think that wouldn't be true, but that's been the true. And I've been part of the majority and part of the minority. Um, Mostly the minority, I would say, in terms of, um, certainly in terms of religious uh, background and culture, but also understanding from both perspectives that we sometimes overlook the gems that are right in our midst. They may be smaller in number, but they are vivid in color and creed in ways that we could better understand. And I'm talking, of course, only with those open to dialogue who don't want to harm another group. There are some groups in the world that want to say, we have a corner on the truth, and therefore they have ended all possibility for dialogue. Therefore, the rest of you don't. And we find that both politically and we find that both religiously and culturally and so forth, that somebody who says only we've got the good stuff, then nobody else can have the good stuff. But we all have an opportunity to have the good stuff, don't you think? And I think we would be far better off respecting the various beauties. Because, for example, if I'm blue and you're red and the other person's yellow in terms of whatever our color of our souls are, aren't we that much more beautiful and that much more vivid when we put us together and we can see all the different colors of the mosaic? I've always thought that. I've always think thought little children who color all different colors on something are really telling us something. Look how much more beautiful and vivid and creative and imaginative it is when we get to see one up against the other. They become even clearer and and become even more reflective because we're in this together. You know, it's like we're this giant box of Crayolas and um, at least I'd like to think so. The child in me likes to think so. So what happened on this one date, my last visit of taking a group of students to a church and it ended up being at the brand new cathedral in Los Angeles. Gorgeous, gorgeous place. And I bring a group of Jewish kids down there. Um, and and I was very, very fortunate to teach it 
uh, Heschel Day School and to have this remarkable background where we were so open to exchanges with the various groups within the city, um, different languages, different cultures, different religions. That was really very, very unique and special. And, and I go to the cathedral, and there I see on the wall outside different writings. You, you'll see them in English and Latin and Spanish, and then a wall that has some Hebrew written on it. And I thought, my God, they've, they've really done something here in embracing different cultures and, and saying everyone belongs you know, together and that we're all God's children. I go into the uh, church, and here I have a group of Jewish students, and he, the priest, has a, a group of Catholic students, and they're seated together close up, and it's kind of encircling the altar, and the priest invites me up on the altar, and I'm standing there, which isn't a, something I've done very often, standing in front of a Catholic altar, in front of the cross, um, in front of um, you know a replica of Jesus. But I'm more than comfortable in the sense that I'm in you know, a house of God. I'm in, I'm in a place that has been created with great prayer and great fealty and great humbleness and love and i'm i'm thrilled that the kids get to see it and the young priest who was a bit younger than me came up to me and did the most remarkable thing he bent his head down and bowed bowed his head in front of me and my god my i i just went blank i thought my god what is he doing? He comes and he bows his head in front of me. And then it came to me almost just like a spark. He wants you to bless him. And I put my hands on his head. I remember and said the Hebrew blessing, which is may God bless you and keep you and be gracious unto you and give you the gift of shalom or the gift of peace. And I got to utter those words in the cathedral. And he stood up with, his eyes were brimming with tears. And he turned to the young people and said, I want you to remember this moment. Each of you, we are all worthy of a blessing. Each one can bless the other. Remember the day that the rabbi blessed the priest in front of the altar of the cathedral of the city of angels. Each of us worthy of a blessing. I'll tell you, that lifts my heart. You're worthy of a blessing, remember that. And in the coming week, I want you to take a moment to think about How do you bless yourself? With what? With what? Nature? The arts? Silence? Loud voices? What exercise? What what do you bless yourself with? And then think about who else in your life might be worth a blessing. Maybe a touch. 
maybe a handshake, maybe a kind word. It's worth it. And you're worth it. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. Mm-hmm.